Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Iggy Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake Ignazewski, or Iggy for short, and I greatly appreciate you taking this time to listen to Iggy Sports Talk. This is your first time listening to this podcast. I not only talk about sports, but I bring on guests to talk about their experiences in life and how they've been able to overcome challenges and relieve their mental health. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on whatever audio platform you're using so you get notified for weekly episodes. And also do me a favor and rate and review this podcast so more people can find it. Also, just so you know, if you want to watch this podcast through video version, go over to the YouTube channel at Iggy Sports Talk. You can also follow my Instagram for weekly clips from each episode. Now let's listen in to this week's episode of Iggy Sports Talk. I am here with Tavon Mason, who is a former NFL player and now is doing some incredible things throughout the community, helping kids as well through his foundation. Tavon Mason loves the Kids Foundation. So how are we doing, Tavon? I'm doing good today, Iggy. How are you doing today, man? I appreciate you getting me on to the show. Absolutely. I'm doing great. Where are you, uh, where are you from? Where are you calling in from? I'm actually calling in from uh, Georgia. You know, I'm born and raised in Baltimore, left for college, of course, and then came back home. And then we recently moved to Georgia back in June, me and a family. Oh, good stuff. How's the, how's the weather out there? I'm curious out in Georgia. Man, it's, it's, you love it because you have those warm times. Uh, we hit a little cold front last week where it got down to, I guess to them it's cold, got down to like the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. But, you know, back up north, them 30s, uh, a little different. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I escaped that. I, I, my mom told me last week that it was going to get down to the 30s. And uh, I like, I'll take the I'll take the high 40s, low 50s any day instead of those brutal 30s. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm I'm from New Hampshire, so I'm I'm at, okay. up in oh, the yeah. uh, cold country. What's interesting is that uh two days ago it was like 28 degrees, and the past two days it's been like 60. And right, right. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But that's just New England type of weather for you. Right, right, right. And we got the same thing. It was 40s, 50s. I think the highest got was like low 60s, and then the last few days have been the low 70s. Oh, that's funny. Right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. But I, I like to start off the show sort of um, looking, overlooking uh, some of your favorite parts of the year. You know, we're mm -hmm. getting down to the last two months of 2021. A little yeah. bit better than 2020, obviously. Yeah. 2020 was very restricted with COVID filled. But uh, what has been some of the best moments of your year so far? Um, I think, um, and a lot of people probably can and attest to this if they're in that situation. I think just um, with the family and not really getting hit by the COVID um, or any illness. I mean, I don't want to just focus, focus on the COVID. I know that's been the main thing, but, you know, there's still other illnesses out there. I've just mm -hmm. been pretty healthy and the move, you know, making the move that we did, um, um, you know, I was happy for that in the, in the way we did it, you know, uh, kind of like uh, I always tell people kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies. We loaded up the Penske truck put the car in the rack. I drove down, my wife followed behind with the kids and, you know, we got situated and got stable, you know, just to, you know, we said it the other day, like, wow, like we really moved, <laughs> moved to Georgia, you know? So um, I, I would say that's like the, one of the top things and the school where I'm, I'm working, I'm teaching at and coaching um, 
the school was created in 2014 called Academy for Classical Education. Um, they didn't get a football team until two years after that, so 2016. They didn't really get into varsity play in 2017. So four years later, you know, we finished four and two in our region and we have a, a playoff berth this Saturday. So which is That's pretty cool. cool to be able to come straight down and be a part of that. So I, I'll say those things are like the 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 grand for 2021, especially like you said, Iggy, with um, how 2020 went. Yeah, the congratulations. That you you must be wicked excited for for this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, man, it is amazing and you know, especially being down, you know, in the south where, you know, football, you know, is is huge, you know, once mm -hmm. you start hitting the south and going around to Texas up to California. Yeah. Um, but also for it to be at a school that basically just started playing about 4 years ago right. and went through bumps and bruises, um, and a predominantly baseball school you know, trying to navigate the fine kids that really can play the game of football. So to be able to do that, um, it, it, you know, it's amazing, you know. So, I'm, like you said, I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah, 100%. I, I played baseball all throughout my childhood, and I, mm -hmm. I'll never forget those moments when, when we played in the championship, especially, like, the yeah. dog piles and all that sort of stuff. Those yeah. are yeah. always some of my fondest memories. But um, you brought up 2020, and one of your biggest things now in your post-NFL career is helping out kids and helping out the community. Yeah. So I, I was I was wondering, how did you – overcome sort of the restrictions of COVID-19 in 2020 to still be able to, you know, fulfill one of your passions um, of your organization of helping out the community? The um, hard thing that hit us hardest was kind of like our top initiative is our um, annual character slipper drive. Mm -hmm. So what we do is, Iggy, we, will, we started back in 2012 of collecting slippers. So my... Um, Kind of like my 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 president underneath of me, uh, Melissa Brown. Um, she, you know, asked me like, "Where do we want to start at? Where do you want to start at?" And I'm like, "Well, I reached out to the University of Maryland Children's Hospital, and I wanted to do reading at first, a reading tour with them. But the doctor who had started the reading left the uh, hospital, so it kind of like tanked out. So she called the um, Children's Hospital there and got a list of a wish list. And when she was running down the wish list slippers popped up and like that's different you know um, a lot of people do turkeys for thanksgiving a lot of people do shoe drive flow drive so I like let's do the slipper drive so that was our biggest kickoff initiative and we were able to in 2020 to get to two children hospitals um but some of the ones we had on a calendar date I was super excited about. Um, mm -hmm. We were finally able to get the Shriner Hospital on, you know, and I know everybody see that on the commercials to the main one in Philly. I was like super excited, but that kind of shut down. But one thing I was able to do that I would do every year with either the women and children's shelter or the men's shelter, I still was able to do something for um, kind of like a, a, a soup kitchen almost kind of, so to speak, called a um, Franciscan Center. Um, I was able to do a washcloth and sock drive oh, and awesome. people donated, whether it was money or they donate, I would go pick it up and I was able to drop it off. Um, and they gave me a tour of the facility and we collected over, I want to say a thousand, a thousand pairs of socks and over 500 um, washcloths wow. that we were able to give out for the people who they service. So we found ways to snake around 
um, you know, some of our initiatives had to put be put on hold, kind of our healthy snack drive, which we will always do for Camp St. Vincent's of Paul, which catered to children in the Baltimore area that live in transitional homes and shelters. And we would collect healthy snacks to fill up their pantry. So I was kind of saddened by that, but we were still able to do something to help out, which was pretty cool. Um, I took advantage of the technology and I held a Facebook Live reading date on Facebook Live and Instagram of my own children's book, at least awesome. to try to do something to get the kids, um, you know, out in, in from the, the, the video games and to looking and um, doing a reading part. So, it, you know, you have to be creative with it because you still want to help, but you also understand the protocols and everything. Right, exactly. That That's amazing. And and uh, I, I read also that with the slipper drive over the last few years that you've done it, you've been able to uh, donate or get, or get thousands of slippers yeah. uh, for different families and kids at local hospitals. Yeah, we um, it's crazy because we start off we started off with one hospital, which was the University of Maryland Children's Hospital. Uh, one of the, the the biggest plus size with that where we were able to um, get a, a gift card from Giant um, grocery store and we were able to feed the, the, the parents um, um, for any of the callers who are watching mm-hmm. and will be watching or listen to this. Um, so at the University of Maryland Children's Hospital, the Children's Hospital part is on the other side of the hospital, which is away from the cafeteria. So by yeah. the time parents want something to eat, then that cafeteria will be closed. And um, I know parents don't want to leave the size of their, their, their children, especially, you know, being in that, that situation. Right. So they it wouldn't have nothing to eat, you know, or they would have to run out real quick and come back. Um, so what we did, we were able to get a, a gift card. We bought like sandwich trays, drinks, and had a small room. We were able to put it there where the parents didn't have to go far to get food. Um, so we started with one children's hospital. And right before the pandemic, we were up to nine children hospital, three outside of the state of Maryland. So we went to Norfolk, Virginia, to the children hospital, the King's daughter. Um, I started visiting the University of Virginia children hospital where I went to school, and we started um, visiting the um, Ronald McDonald House on New High Park and Long Island, where I was when I with the Jets when before the Jets moved to New Jersey. So mm-hmm. that was like real, real. That was like major, you know, to be able to drive up there. So my wife and I, we packed up when we go to the New York one we packed up like four trash bags probably like over 300 pairs of slippers we um packed up and um and drove up and we sat there and we would set them up on a table and you know we have families come over and ask about slippers and the, the the cool thing to me was being able to connect with different cultures you know right. some of the fans there didn't even speak english but you know they were so happy that we was able to get them slippers and we also gave slippers to their siblings so if they had a mm-hmm. little brother there they can get them you know moms and dads can get them if they have them so you know that was like my biggest my biggest thing with doing the, the foundation is i always wanted to give back but um how to do it and you know when we would go if we have excess slippers we'd tell them you can guys can have it you know, I don't want them. You got, I bought them got for you guys. I know you have more families and kids that come in. That's amazing, man. And, and especially how you really thought about how you could 
um, it also impact the parents as well. Yeah. And, you know, thought strategically about how you could help everybody. That, that's really amazing. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm curious, what were some of the best reactions that you got from either some of the parents or some of the kids uh, through these different initiatives? Um, it's always great um, reactions, but I know one that stuck out to me the most was, uh, I, I want to say my fourth visit to the University of Maryland Children's Hospital. And this time we partnered with a subway, a local subway back home. And as we were going around to visit the, the different rooms for the kids, um, one of the rooms was a grandmother. Um, the, her granddaughter wasn't doing too well. And she was young, um, school age. And before I can even say who I was or where we, why we were there for myself and my team, she just came out and gave me a hug and started crying on my shoulder. So that moment made me um scale back and not take a lot of stuff for granted because you you never know so when we when we would visit the children's hospitals that would be my my self-check uh, and what i mean by self-check um of um griping and complaining about having to get up early in the morning i mean i still might have moments now but i don't do it as much as i did before griping of not having this or complaining about that where you know you have these um first graders kindergartens some to even newborns who haven't even left the hospital yet, you know, been there for months. So it, 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 I had to check myself when I got to that complaint stage because you have these, you know, different individuals who are sitting there watching their young granddaughter, you know, grandson, you know, daughter or son going through this. So. Yeah, that's huge, man. That, that whole perspective, that that's something that I've tried to work on with myself a lot, especially yeah when thinking about, oh, I have to go to a job. Oh, I have yeah. to dr drive and use my car and go to a job. No, right. you, you get to go and yeah. dr drive right. to the job. Like you get to go and use your car, like, and you get to have a phone, you know what I mean? All these right. people who just take, usually take it for granted without even thinking about it um, because yeah. um, America is so privileged and yeah. we don't take time to fully realize um, right. what other countries are dealing with, what other people are dealing with. But yeah. that's really amazing, man. And I, I think it's really cool as well how you were able to utilize technology as well through uh, promoting your fundamental uh, reading awareness uh, through, yeah. through your summer reading program. And, and you brought up your book as well. I, I read that your book promotes showing kindness to one another carrying mm -hmm. oneself with, with respect and being a good sport on both um, on and off the field. So talk a little right. bit about your book and how you came up and what inspired you to uh, write that. Yeah. So uh, my first children's book, Tavon Does It All, um, actually came about, um, I met um, a good friend, Ashley Chesney over Instagram. I know she started following my foundation Instagram page and, you know, she, there was talking, she actually have I ever, wrote a children's book and I said I wanted to but I never knew the cost of it so once mm -hmm. I found the cost out you know she said you know what I'm just going on a limb and do an independent company and she signed me as an independent author so we co-wrote Tavon Does It All you know and um it was just one taking the whole dumb jock thing out you know what I mean it's more to in the story Tavon than playing football you know and his teammates will find out like wow he collect slippers for children's hospitals. He loved reading, you know, he loved getting good grades. Um, you know, if you look on the front cover, um, so I wanted to make it truthful, but also put that that fantasy in there because, you know, the whole kid's attention. So that's why you see the, on the front cover, the, the storybook is alive, the report card is alive, the slippers are alive. 
um, I wanted to do that to give that field of um, to let people know that you know it's more to football people than it is just playing a game, whether it's right. that basketball, baseball, any type of sport. But also, and once you read the story, you see my teammates look at themselves like only thing I do is play football. And then, you know, until I say, well, come along with me, you can see if you like the things I like. So also to promote helping each other, that unity um, factor, you know, that's out there. So, you know, we did that, added the coloring book in the back of the book, you know, for the kids. And recently I, I partnered with uh, my good friend and another philanthropist uh, from Baltimore, Joel Gamble, who um, played in the NFL as well. Um, and we joint wrote the Justice Duo you know, and we, we wrote the Justice Duo to promote um, representation. Uh, so, you know, you could see more African-American superheroes in comic books, but made it a diverse yeah. comic book. So you see all cultures, all races in the book. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a lot of the kids that not are able to get to um, comic books or books in general in certain um, locations, if they get it, they get their hands on it, they can see it. So another step we took further of, um getting businesses who will buy the books so we can go into urban areas or low-income areas and actually give the books away free so we wow, have company cool. and team and friends who will purchase books like 100 copies and we'll take mm -hmm. them in uh, and give them away so the kids can have them i love it that's really cool man i i, I think that's something that is huge for people to realize what, what you do for a job whatever whatever sport that you play doesn't define who you are. It, it, right. It's, it's all about what are you going to be remembered for? What's your legacy right. going to be? How are you able to help the person next to you? How are you able to um, inspire and yeah. um, help help people in the community like you've been doing, which which is really incredible with especially things within um, pe people's childhoods of, of reading. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think that's a huge subject that needs to be promoted a lot more positively. Um, yeah. You know, we, we see a lot of um, things promoting social media, promoting watching TV, watching or, or playing video games, which is all great for kids to do for extracurricular things. But at the same right. time, reading really helps kids build up that knowledge and, yeah. and help them um, be able to expand their minds as well. And yeah. I, I've, I also read that you do a lot of speeches around um, different com community areas as, as yeah. well as schools. So what advice or message do you try to instill within the kids? Um, and what you see on the inside of my, and it is based like a logo that I came up with for my organization and it's in the side, the inside cover of my, of my book, Tavon Does It All, Dare to Be Great. You know, it's simple, but I thought it, it drove right home, Dare to Be Great. I, mm -hmm. The reason why I, I said that, because a lot of times, especially now, um, a lot of the, our young kids, our youth, if they come up and say, hey, I want to be present, I want do this, I want to do that, immediately somebody is there to shoot them down. Right. They don't have to be family. They can just be somebody, a uh, so-called friend, a classmate, or somebody in their neighborhood that's quick to shut them down or shoot them down or shut them out. And that yeah, plays yeah, on right, the mind state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that plays on the mind state of, yeah. well, I can't do that. Or, you know, working in education, sometimes hey, kids say, well, I'm just dumb anyway. And I, I don't like hearing that because, you know, that leads to the next thing of, well, I'm not going to do nothing anyway, so let me go over here and do this thing, which mm -hmm. isn't right for me. So I, I just started saying that would be great. And then when I elaborate on it, it was, you know, shoot for the stars or go beyond that. 
you know what I mean? Always dare to be greater than your parents, dare to be greater than your friends. If it's something that you really want to do, and I know it sounds cliche because, you know, athletes or anybody speak, they said, but I really like drove it home because I thought about my own situation of, you know, growing up in Baltimore and wanting a dream of playing in NFL um, and wanting to get there. And I was able to get there. And I felt like it was my job to say it back to the kids, mm-hmm. you know, of, of being uh, a voice, a positive voice um, through some of the negativity and what our youth go through adult stuff, which is, is sad and it's crazy. They go through adult issues that you and I should be going through. They're going through in this time of age, which is tough. So I just push them there to be great. And I tell them, you know, if it, you want to be an author, be an author. Mm-hmm. I like, I never thought I'd be an author and I've, I've written uh, what three books, yeah. you know, and I have one that I just got to get edited, but you know, it's, it's able to be done. It's, it's us as adults, especially us as um, athletes, we have to be that voice for our kids. But also, I think a big thing with me, how I always came off, Iggy, was being touchable. Because a lot of times, and I understand as professional athletes, especially when you're high up the, the ladder, a lot of times you just want to get in and get out. You want to give time. But the one thing that I found out of being with the Jets was, you know, fans come out to see us. If it wasn't for them, yeah. we wouldn't be, be in the stadium. So I had one family that the, the, the young boy, I don't even know, I'm not going to say I don't know why, but I, at that time, I didn't know why he liked me. I'm on a team with Wayne Corbett, Santana Moss, um, Curtis Martin, all those big names. Like, why did you pick me to want to come watch me warm up? Right. And then one day after practice, Coach Herm Edwards gave us off. I literally sat outside of where we stayed at with them for two hours straight. You know, um, and I told him, I was like, no, I don't, I don't mind doing it. I like, because if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't wear this uniform. I wouldn't have trading cards because you invested in your time in me. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my biggest thing is just dare to be great. Whatever it is that you want to do, push it, push hard, push the limit, but do it 100%. So you never say what if. That's my biggest thing also. Never say what if. I, I love it, man. That That's also a huge mindset as well as an athlete because um, so many times – professional athletes get these big heads and don't fully yeah. realize how much the fans idolize them and marvel right. them as well. And um, something that I heard in a Jay Shetty podcast um, with the rapper artist, Russ, he, he was asking him, what's the best advice you've ever received? And what's the worst advice you've ever received? The best advice was everything is possible. The worst advice is be realistic. And I, yeah. I think that, I think that's huge. And anytime yeah. now when I talk about my goals, it's, I have done this. I will right. do this. I am right. this. And in talking about it like that and not, right. I hope this will happen, believing in it so much and realizing in, uh, that, that it will happen. And um, yeah. I, th- I think that's just a huge mindset, not, not only for people like myself, kids as well. That's, that's yeah. ginormous because so many times kids um, allow their parents to sort of dictate their thoughts, dictate yeah. their decisions, dictate, um, sort of their trajectory of what they can and are able to do. And uh, yeah. I, I think that's huge, man. And so, yeah. so for people who have a passion and, and, and want to give back to the community, um, but don't really know how, uh, what advice would you have for those people? I'll tell them, go out there and do something. You know, because I had people that would send me messages once I started my foundation and they would ask me, how do I do it? I was like, get out, pick something and do it and then see what 
piques your interest. Because mm-hmm. um, me, I, I knew I wanted to do something with helping children or giving back to my community of Baltimore, then which luckily I was able to expand outside of Baltimore and the state of city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland. But then it's like, what it is that you want to do? Because everybody can't be on the forefront. It's, it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work of pulling yourself, um, giving yourself. Um, you got to know how to balance it, balancing the yeses and the nos, because you can weigh yourself out as well. I, I reached that point at one point where I had Bell's palsy where like the left side of my face stopped working and come to find out it can come from stress, but I was mm-hmm. always saying yes all the time. And I was pulling myself everywhere. So I always tell people, if it's something, start out something small, get out there and, and give your time. And then the next thing, do something else, you know, and then keep building on it, keep building on it. You know, and I know a lot of people say, well, you started and if you played in NFL, so it's an easy access, not always because people want to know not only just your title, but are you really behind what you're preaching? So you got to be out there. So that's why, like I said, being that, that touchable person, being in, in neighborhoods and communities and actually out there throwing the ball with the kids or when I'm going to get my books, I'm not just say, Hey, how, how y'all doing? Thank y'all for coming. Say a spit of free work. Okay. I'll see y'all later and roll out. Mm-hmm. No, hang around and really talk to the kids, talk to the adults as well. Cause right. believe it or not, a lot of the parents who have came out um, when I was speaking or, or doing something, they need their reassurance as well. You know what I mean? Cause it's tough as an adult. So, you know, even them, they, they want the, to, to get some of that affirmation or that, that motivation, not only the kids. So, and, and that'll help them see stuff different as well. So I just tell people, you know, just find something and, and, and go do it, you know, it, it, you know, whether it's giving money, whether it's you bagging up some clothes and giving that's, that's helping. You know, when you bag up clothes and give away, that's helping. That's actually doing something, you know. So I say start there. Yeah, I completely agree. That, that That's great advice. And um, yeah. j- just the last few things that, that I just wanted to ask you about was yeah. sort of your your time uh, through that um after or post-draft experience of, of being an yeah. undrafted free agent. And I, I, I read that you uh, missed a call from the Eagles yeah. and you were frantically trying to, trying to get back in contact with them. Explain yeah. that a little bit. So, uh, you know, not really had the agent, the agent I had at the time wasn't a true solid agent. Um, he had two huge guys before me. Um, so he kind of could can bank on those guys, first round and second rounders. And I was a free agent guy. Um, I don't really think he sold me as a specialist like he should have. Um, Because when I came out, uh, NFL was looking for your your, your bigger and taller receivers, your 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", receivers. Um, I think Santana was the exception that year before because of how well he was used at University of Miami as being a returner, but also as a receiver. Um, So, you know, no one told me, hey, make sure you answer every call. So when the phone rang, it said unavailable. So in my mind, I'm thinking it's friends, family calling, you know, the, oh man, don't worry about it. I just didn't want to hear that at that time. Right. So I let the call go. And then I had got a message from my agent that the Jets were interested. When I listened to the voicemail, it was the Eagles. I tried to call back. The line was busy. And now that I know after the draft, guys they had on that board, they're trying to call out. So mm-hmm. if you don't answer the boom, they're on to the next one. And I just missed it. And I believe that would have been a better situation because at that time in 2002, Brian Mitchell had just retired and he was their kick returner. And that would have been like a perfect setup for me 
Um, but, you know, God had a different plan. I still was able to go up to New York um, to the Jets and, and had a great time with it. But I, I do um, not as much now, but before I, I was kicking myself in the butt for missing that call in Philly um, just to get the opportunity to kick return. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I read that and chuckled a little bit of, you, you, you yeah. know, but, but, but I, I could imagine you just frantically being like, oh, my God, let me try and call yeah. them back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you had some experiences with Curtis Martin as, as well as yeah. uh, Santana Moss. Explain yep. those experiences a little bit. Man, it, you know, when you um, get in, on those levels, no matter what what sport it is, you know, especially being a free agent, you assume that guys will be like we said earlier, you know, big headed, you know, um, but was a great guy. Curtis Martin was like a great guy would talk to you. He just dude and broke all kinds of records, but he talked to you as if you were average Joe, like he's an average Joe on the street. We're like, no dude, you Curtis Martin, you know, same with Richie Anderson. You know, I, Richie Anderson is from Maryland. So I did his uh, camp, um, down in um, Montgomery County. And he offered to let me stay at his house, offered to let me stay at his house because it was like a, a long drive back to Baltimore. Um, my second year with the Jets, go around with the Jets in 2003 was when they had the big blackout in New York, you know, and they wouldn't allow us to stay. At that time, our training facility was on in, a, in the middle of Hofstra's campus. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't allow us to stay on Hofstra campus because the the doors wasn't working. They didn't want us, especially being in the NFL, to be there because we don't know what's going to happen. And right. Santana Moss opened his doors up to allow me to stay in his house um, with him and his family for that night until everything came back, came back on the next day. But, you know, great guys. You know, no one had big heads. Vinny Testaverde, you know, this guy's locker was two, lock two lockers away from me. When I was seven years old in 87, he won the Heisman Trophy. He wins the Heisman Trophy. This guy sitting right next to me, you know, but again, another nice guy, you know, will come speak to you. Wayne Corbett's another guy, you know, so that, uh, you know, I was blessed to be able to be on a team where it had guys that didn't have those egos, you know, like, you know, you probably had in other teams, but didn't have those egos. We'll talk to you like you're a regular guy. I had, you know, a Hall of Famer, um, uh, Kevin Mawai, like uh, on a Sunday. He was like, what you doing? I was like, nothing. Going to go to breakfast? I'm like, who, me? <laughs> you know, like, you, you Kevin Moir, you all pro, you know, center. You know, it took me to breakfast with him and his uh, minister. Um, and it was great, man. And, you know, it gave me advice. He was like, hey, you're doing it the right way. You know, I had a 1990 Honda Accord. You know, he said, he like, you're not running out here buying high-priced cars. He was like, you know, when I came in the league, even though I was drafting the first round, I had a 1991 Honda Civic hatchback. My wife had to make me buy something. He said, so just stay that way, stay humble. And I remember to this day, you know, I, I tell people in interviews all the time, he, no, he, he had to, I'm a snot-nosed rookie, you know, mm -hmm. and hey, you got this all-pro center. And he invited me out to breakfast with him. I remember that Sunday morning. And I always remember it, you know, so I felt happy for him when, that post on Twitter came about him making it to the hall of fame, you know, that's really, that's really cool. And I, I may, I got a uh, 2008 Honda civic. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Pe people right. are like, you're still driving that thing. I'm like, Hey, it's got great gas mileage. I got like right. uh, 230,000 miles on it, but you know, right. if I just, if I just do the oil change, you'll be able to go until 300,000. 
exactly exactly and and you know for him to say that you know because I, I i saw friends and who guys who were free agents that automatically went out and started buying a lot of things and he was like no just do it the same way he said i know it's it's enticing because you see the different cars in the, the parking lot he said but he said just just keep doing it the way you're doing it and, and it will come but yeah it, it it was a great a great atmosphere you know coach harm edwards was a great guy you know with him being a free agent in the nfl it gave guys like me, um, it, it, it made it that much reachable because he understood, you know I mean, the grind of being a free agent and how you're trying to bust your butt to get on the, the field. And he's another approachable, um, approachable um, uh, coach will sit there and talk to you, you know. So it, and my experience was great. I, I definitely give it a, a two thumbs up. That's amazing, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story today, Tavon, as well as explain some of the incredible things that you've done uh, throughout the community um, with your foundation. And, and for yep. people who want to check out your foundation, support everything that you're doing, follow you, your story as well in yourself, um, where can they find you? Um, definitely, like you said earlier, Iggy, they can go to www.tavonmasonlovesthekids.org. On that website, you'll see what we do in the community. You'll see pictures, you'll see videos a donate button. Um, you also can find my books, all three books. I actually, I did a, um, an ebook as well. Um, a 60 a day promise, you know, to get families, uh, working out together. So if you click on the book tab, you find all three books. Tavon does it all the justice duo. Also, um, what we added on there for Tavon does it all. I got the actual, um, printable coloring sheets. So if you want to click on it, they can print them off and color um everything is on that website you know and also you know Tavon love uh Tavon Mason loves the kids on Instagram uh TMLTKF on Twitter T Mason 18 on Twitter Mr underscore T Mason on Instagram um and uh, and the same thing with Facebook but I always tell people go to the website because I know it's tough I know you have some people who do take advantage of kind people but I tell them go to my website and see for yourself, you know, anything that I get goes right back out. You know, I actually will be going home in December and I'm actually partnering with um, alum, uh, Woodlawn High School alum of mine, um, Courtney Robinson, and we're going to partner together, go to the Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital, a hospital I will visit regularly on my slipper drive, and we're going to collaborate and do a pajama and slipper drive to drop off there for the kids there. So, you know... Um, so everything you can find right on that website. I love it, man. Everybody go and check that out. And, and right after we get off of this call, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the website and donate because some of the stuff that you're doing is amazing. I, I feel like a lot of people are going to watch this and look at themselves and say, how can I go out and help the community? How, right. how can I go out and help, um, my neighbors? And, uh, it, it's really amazing what you're doing, man. Definitely stay in touch. Uh, I, yes, I want to do everything that I can to, help you continue to help the community continue to um, uh, spread your message as well, because right. I, I think nothing's better than um, instilling these types of life lessons into the younger generation. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. And definitely, we're going to definitely stay in contact together. Perfect. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.